Hey, hey, you're listening to Don't Lie to Your Life Coach podcast with Kim Arrington. I'm Kim Arrington. I'm a life coach, a weight loss coach, an author, and a badass passionate about helping you connect back to your most authentic self. Join me here each week so I can coach you on how to think all those juicy thoughts that get you feeling your absolute best and taking some big ass action. Coaching has changed my life and it can change your life too. I'm here to give you real life solutions to create a life you'll love. Because the truth is, boo, you ain't just got problems, you got options. Um, Today, I really want to talk about the biggest thing I think that is getting in the way of your relationships. And I would normally say that is your unresolved trauma, but I'm going to push that one to the side, okay? We're going to talk a lot about that in podcasts. If you're my clients, we do that. But what I want to talk about that's really getting in the way of your relationships is love perfection. So what is love perfection, you ask? (laughs) It's the idea that you have predetermined what someone loving you looks like. And it is a trap. Y'all know the traps on the cartoons where there's like this perfectly laid grass and, you know, Bugs Bunny runs across it and it ends up being like a trap and he falls into a pit. That is what love perfection is. Okay. Love perfection is your insistence that to feel safe, love has to come packaged in a way where there is never any feelings of lack of safety. Yeah, doesn't work, y'all. Love perfection is that when a person does this, I have to cut them off. When a person does this, I have to punish them. When a person doesn't do this, I withdraw completely who I am. Love perfection figures very heavily with attachment style. And attachment is the way, I'm going to try to give you a short definition of that. We're going to do a whole, I want to do a whole series on attachment because it's so important. But when you are a baby, (laughs) the way your caregiver responded to you either left you in several different ways. If you were anxious, then you felt like when your caregiver went away, because your caregiver's got to like make your food. Caregiver can't always be with you all the time. Sometimes the caregiver is apathetic, which means, you know, they're not able to give you the emotional reassurance you need as a baby. Sure. But sometimes, you know, attention is is withdrawn because of other responsibilities. The caregiver had to go to work. You had to go to daycare. Anyway, so that kind of abandonment as a baby, you began to create coping strategies. I mean, I would say zero to five, zero to seven, right? Like right when you were born all the way up to seven. And the way you dealt with that 
was a couple of ways. If you were anxious, you would always be looking for your caregiver. You would always want to try to people please. So your caregiver would never go away. You would want to make sure that you were able to, you know, almost become a parent to your caregiver in a way to try to make it so they would, you appease them so they would never go anywhere. On the flip side of that is the avoidant. Okay. And the avoidant is the person who recognized the caregiver was going to go away and they began to parent themselves. They began to realize they could not rely on the caregiver. So because of that, they would, my doorbell could ring any minute, y'all. It's, it's, holiday delivery season, they would steal themselves for that withdrawal of affection by not needing it. They would tell themselves they didn't need it so that when they left, when the caregiver left, it wasn't painful. They would numb that pain. Most of us are anxious and avoidant. And there's another attachment style that is fewer people have, which is a secure attachment, which is where you did feel safe. Your needs were met. You did feel like you got all the attention you needed. You felt like your caregiver was going to be there. And, you know, it was, you don't go into relationships looking for what's wrong. That would be more of the anxious attachment or the avoidant attachment. When someone comes close to you, you automatically run for the border. Okay. But secured attachment, they are interdependent, meaning that they can depend on their partner and they also are independent. They can depend on themselves. And it's a mix of that. All right. And so most anxiously attached and avoidant attached are encouraged to work on becoming securely attached. Okay. That was a really quick, uh, you know, thing to talk about that, but I'll go into that more, but here's how this figures with love perfections. Anxious or people are going to attract avoidance. Okay. So avoidant, if I'm in a relationship with an avoidant person and I'm doing all that, guess what they do? They run for the border because avoidance are always afraid they're going to be absorbed and they're not going to be able to hold their own. Anxious are always afraid that abandonment is going to happen and that the person is going to withdraw. And so you can see the push and pull dynamic there, right? But how does that come in with love perfection? And I didn't say anything about secure yet for a reason. With love perfection, if I'm anxiously attached, love perfection is someone is always available to me. I never had to feel anxiety. They go above and beyond. (laughs) But here's the funny part. Here is the funny part. There's a funny part. When an anxious attached, an anxiously attached person gets everything they want via like, say, a secure attached person, they feel bored because they don't have shit to do. The anxiety is part of what they do to feel safe in a relationship. Oh. Okay, let's go to the avoidant attached. So an avoidant attached person finds someone. First of all, they're just in just cannot believe they actually like a person because liking someone is like a big deal for them to begin with. These are the people who are like, I always find something wrong with the people. You just avoiding, you're avoiding attached, avoidantly attached. I know. <laughs> I, I can tell attachment styles a mile away. Okay. 
So these are the people where the person has to be tall or they have to be this or they have to be that. That's just bullshit for being avoidantly attached. So when an avoidantly attached person meets someone, oh my gosh, y'all, she's independent. She doesn't crowd me. She gives me my space. She's very chill, maybe even nonchalant. But here's the thing about an avoidantly attached person. When they deal with a person like that, they begin to be bored because there's something that they thrive on with that anxiously attached person, the pursuit. Avoidance really like the pursuit. They just like to tell you they don't like the pursuit. They like to keep you at arm's length. But the truth is they really do kind of like being chased because it gives them a power boost. Hmm. This is the stuff that I think is missing from this whole data around the the literature around attachment style is what happens when the person gets what they want and how they push away. Now, securely attached people don't really do this. They ask questions like, yeah, I noticed you pulled away. Can we talk about that? Oh, well, I'm dating her. It doesn't work out. I'm dating him. I'm dating them. It didn't work out. So I'll meet somebody else. Like, yeah, stings a little bit. I like them. I wanted to get to know them, but maybe there's somebody else out there for me where it's more compatible. So where does love perfection get in the way? Anytime you pre-decided what love should look like, and it's based off of the the things you feel like you haven't had. Now, I want to give some info because that's a little confusing, right? What I mean by that is, I always tell this analogy, you probably already heard about the air condition. If I had a car that had no AC, when I go looking to buy a car, I just want the car that has the best blowing AC. I may not think about the handling, the gas mileage, all of that. But a person who's securely attached who goes and buys a car is going to look at all the things together, right? Or if my car had a terrible paint job, maybe I just want a paint job that looks great. And I don't think about the other things. So what I mean by that is with love perfection, if I've decided, and I I did this a million times, y'all, I remember dating a guy, I dated an avoidant, like I always did, because avoidance loved me until I became too clingy. Um, So I dated an avoidant and I was like, huh, the next guy is not going to be like that. And I ended up dating an anxiously attached person. So yes, you can date your same type of attachment style. And all the things I did to him, he did to me. And I became more of the avoidant. Oh, wow. Can that happen? It absolutely can. If I, I told you all before, if I don't have to work, then I would push back. So what that means is that with my love perfection, I went exactly for what I didn't get last time. Now, here's how this can be healthy. Okay. If I was in a relationship where I never saw a person, it is reasonable for me to want to be in a relationship where I see a person. Maybe it's not reasonable. I'm in a relationship where I see a person five times a day or all the time, but that I do get to see a person to relate to them. 
it is reasonable to be in a relationship where it is work being done by both parties. Like they're showing up, they're putting in effort, effort. We're going to do a whole podcast about effort. They want to see you. You're not the one always making the plans. You're not always doing the things. That is reasonable. It is not reasonable in my opinion for, because I had a guy who, or a girl or you know, a non-binary person who, uh, you know, because, you know, this person never talked on the phone, they never did this, that I want the next person to talk to me all the time. I've decided how a relationship should be. Now, what I want to say to you is it's okay to have some parameters but a mature relationship allows for the person to be who they are. And because I'm not getting all my self-worth and my self-esteem and my recreation and all my good feelings from this person, I'm giving that to myself. Then anything this person is giving me is extra. So if they withdraw, while it may hurt, while I may need to grieve that, it will not in an early initial dating stage, devastate me. Now, if you're in a relationship with someone for multiple months, years, yes, grief is commiserate with, you know, the amount of time, how things happen, whatever. But in a dating situation, I won't be devastated if things don't work out because I'm in a securely attached way thinking of, oh, and in a non-love perfect way, I'm thinking of they're more fish in the sea. There's somebody who's more compatible with me. There's someone who will want to do these things with me. There's someone who will see, understand my weird, understand my crazy, understand these things and that I can make missteps with. So let's talk about right now how to get over love perfection. Number one to me is that you allow mistakes and your partner allows mistakes that there is no idea that if you do this, 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 that you're shown the door. And I have experienced that. I've experienced that. Where there was no way to reconcile. And that is okay. You know why? Because that person was not my person. I have friendships and relationships where we allow missteps where we are able to speak our minds, where we are able to disagree, where we are able to do that. There's a certain maturity in relationships that are not demanding love perfection, okay? Number two, I'm allowed to fully embody myself. I'm allowed to be who I am, even if it's messy sometimes. I'm allowed to be vulnerable. I'm allowed to show up how I am at times and also to say to a person, I need to show up for myself right now. I need a moment. You know, I will be back. But right now I need to show up for myself or to decide this isn't, you know, hey, I think we're better friends. Um, I have a friend I think you will be, you know, in a better relationship with, et cetera, et cetera, so forth. Okay. Um, And I think the other thing about love perfection is there's a certain or battling, (laughs) battling love perfection. There's a certain openness. There's a certain spontaneity. There is a certain, um, and I and I want to tell this story. Uh, Melody Beatty, Beatty, I don't know how to say her name, has a book called The Language of Letting Go. And she talks about the story about a gerbil. And all my 80s folks, 
you know, I was born in the 70s, but in the 80s, I had a gerbil, had a couple of gerbils. I do not remember their names. I do remember my grandmother's gerbil named High Guy. (laughs) Because, you know, why would you forget a gerbil named High Guy? Gerbils were notorious for getting out. And this particular gerbil got out of her son's cage and was on the run for months. Every time they ran to get the gerbil, the gerbil would run. And it was like a game of cat and mouse. And eventually, one day, the gerbil came by and Melody looked at the gerbil and said, you just do what you want to do. I'm giving this up. I'm giving up the craze of running after you. I'm giving up the craze of making things happen. So an hour goes by and the gerbil ends up showing up by her and patiently waits to be put back into the cage. But for months, there had been the pursuit of this gerbil, okay? How does that relate to love perfection? One of the best things you can say to yourself, you can think about your boundaries, what you want and what you don't want. I do encourage that. But the willingness to say, this person can do what they want to do And not to me, but in their lives, they can show up how they want to show up. I can observe that and I can decide if I feel like there is compatibility in how they show up and how I show up. Let me say that again. And allow this person to show up how they want to, as long as they're, I mean, you know, someone disrespects me, maybe I decide that I'm going to distance myself. That's not love perfection to have boundaries. Boundaries are good. Knowing what we want, what we will allow, what we won't allow, that's good. But when I let this person show up how they are, and if they aren't able to be in my boundaries, and my boundaries aren't about what I don't have, but what about who I, what, not who I am, but about who I know myself to be, what feels safe and good for me? And if this person can't do that, it's not love perfection to decide that this is not the right relationship for me. That's different. So sometimes we got to say, oh, no, I'm not being love perfect. I'm deciding what's best for me. So this is just a little podcast to start talking about that. We're going to talk about this more. I really want to get into the attachment styles with you all so you can figure out kind of where you are and where you want to be. Um, But this idea that we can't live without a person, this idea that if this person is gone, my life is over, this idea that this person completes me, we're going to let go of that. That is actually love perfection. That is deciding that it has to look a certain kind of way. And what I want to tell you is it does not. That person who can fit what feels right, good, easy for you, even when relationships go into the harder realm, is available. But you will have to do some of the inner work around unresolved trauma, things that you had hoped had happened a certain way and they did not, relationships with our primary caregivers, our parents, or, you know, whomever that is, how, like, because often we continue to attract what we feel like we missed until we get that healing. Yeah. Remember the attachment styles? (laughs) So anyway, um, we're going to talk about this more. Um, I'm probably going to follow up with a part two of this because 
I want you to be able to wrap your head around what it means to not demand perfection in your relationships, but to allow people to be who they are and to be curious. Not, I can't live without the person, but hmm, interesting how they reacted. How do I want to react? What, what are my thoughts around this? How do I feel? Could I learn something from this? <laughs> is, there, is there information I got? But curiosity versus, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. It is okay for us to feel our feelings, but it's also okay for us to look and say, are our feelings proportional into what is happening? Okay. We will talk more about this. Y'all, thanks for hanging out with me today. More to come, more to come around letting go of love perfection because it gets in the way. Some of our friendships that and relationships that have this, when we are able to let this go, they transform. I want to teach you all how when you are able to let things go, things are able to transform. When you are able to walk directly through what is ailing you, you transform and all the relationships around you transform. All right. Y'all have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you here next week. Are you feeling what you just heard? Good, good. Repeat after me. You don't have to figure it out on your own again anymore. I'm here to help. Head over to KimArrington.com and download my free video series dedicated to getting you feeling your best right now. Look around. There's some good stuff waiting on you. Got questions? Well, we're always talking on the socials. So find me on YouTube, Insta, and the book. Don't be shy, y'all. Go listen to another episode or join me here the same time next week. Finally, don't keep good shit to yourself. Share this with a homie that could use some help, too. Remember, we're not lying to ourselves anymore. We're not lying to our doctors, and you damn sure don't lie to your life coach. Mm-hmm.